Let's pray this morning. Father, this morning we come to You knowing that all is well in our soul because of You. Because You have chosen to come and to reconcile us to Yourself. That You have chosen to give Yourself completely and wholly, totally, so that we can live in Your goodness. And Father, this morning I pray that our hearts and our minds, our souls, our spirits will be open to Your Holy Spirit moving and touching us. Each of us individually in a special way that we need this morning. I pray we would be sensitive to hear and to understand what You're saying to us as individuals and corporately as the body of Christ. May today change us and make us different. Make us more better together. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Have a seat, everybody. Um, I want to say, uh, you know, we get a unique perspective standing up on stage because uh, we're looking out at you guys. And uh, I just want to say, what a good looking group of people today. Y'all look awesome. I know, right? Very perceptive on my part, yeah. Hey, let me be the first, or maybe one of the first anyway, to wish you all a happy May Day. How many of you knew it was May Day today? Yeah. Um, you know, I don't, when I was a kid, and maybe it's still this way, I don't know, uh, but when I was a kid, there was this tradition of on May Day, um, you would put together little baskets or cups full of goodies, you know, maybe candy and nuts and little things like that, and you would go put them on people's porches and leave them there so that they would find a, a little treat uh, on this morning. And, and I know as a kid, it was always exciting for me to go out and to look and, and see what was on the porch and to enjoy those goodies. Do they still do that? Is that still a thing? You do? Yeah, awesome. Awesome. That just It's just a fun little thing uh, to lift people's moods and to... Um, Start somebody's day with uh, just letting them know that someone is thinking of them. And that's what that's all about. So happy May Day. I'm thinking of y'all. I don't have any treats for you though, sorry. Yeah. For those of you who are new here with us this morning, uh, let me introduce myself. My name is John Waters. I am lead pastor here at Elevating Life Church. As Carrie mentioned earlier, our senior pastor, Drake Hunter, and his beautiful wife, Sherry, are uh, gone on a family weekend uh, week, I guess, with uh, her parents. Um, and uh, we are certainly excited that they get to go do that together and, and enjoy that time. And it's my pleasure, with him being gone this weekend, to be able to step in and um, bring God's Word to you in an effort to breathe new life into those areas where maybe you're feeling a little dry and empty. And trust me, we all have those places. That's my goal here this morning. Now, if you're joining us via social media, Facebook, etc., uh, please do us a favor, if you would, like and share that live stream so that uh, people within your circle of friends and family, uh, circle of influence, if you will, may be blessed by it as well. We thank you so much for doing that. Thank you for your part in helping to build the kingdom of God right here on earth along with those who are with us in person this morning. All right, 
Well, let's get to it. As most of you know, we've been exploring God's epic story in the Bible this year as our overall theme for the year, and uh, we're continuing that today. Um, We've also been loosely using characters from comic books, uh, superhero movies, etc., to uh, just to help aid us in understanding how God's principles impact us. We're certainly not preaching about the superhero, but we're using them as a model, if you will, of to help bring the principle home. Okay, just another way to look at it. So we'll do that again this morning. Um, if you uh, want to use your Bible, you can. We will have scripture up here on the screen, but we're going to be in the book of Ezekiel in chapter 37. The book of Ezekiel in the Old Testament, that's in the first two-thirds of your Bible. And Ezekiel was one of the major prophets and such richness throughout the book of Ezekiel. So we'll be in chapter 37. As I said, it will be up here on the screen. We're looking at a very familiar passage that is very rich in its depth and its meaning. And so, as you're turning there or getting ready to uh, read it on the screen, let me do as Pastor Drake does each Sunday and begin by asking you a question. Got to keep that tradition, right? Absolutely. Here's the question this morning. Are there areas of your present reality, your life right now, that you feel are dead or dying and are in need of God's breath of life? Let me ask that again. Are there areas of your present reality, your life right now, just areas that you feel are dead or dying? and are in need of God's breath of life? It's a simple question, but many facets to it, which we'll look at today. All right, so with that question in place, follow along as I read today's scripture from Ezekiel chapter 37. We're looking at the first 10 verses of Ezekiel chapter 37. This is Ezekiel speaking, and he says, The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. Okay, get that picture in your mind, all right? He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. In other words, they'd been there a long time. He asked me, son of man, Can these bones live? And Ezekiel was very smart here. He said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. God, you're the only one who has that answer. Verse 4, Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones. In other words, speak to them what I tell you to say. Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and listen to this, and you will come to life. You will 
come to life. I want to stop here for just a second because God is making you a promise right here. These words. If you have one area, an area or areas in your life that are dead or dying, feel like they're dry bones in a valley right now, God says, I will breathe into that and you will come to life in those areas. God promises it and God never goes back on a promise. Amen? Amen. So you can take that to the proverbial bank if you want to. It's worth more than gold. It's a promise of God. Verse 6, I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Second time he's made the promise. I think that means something, don't you? He's made the promise twice now in a very, very short period of time. I think God's serious here. I think He's very serious here. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Verse 7, Ezekiel says, So, I prophesied as I was commanded. I did what God told me to do. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. Think about that. All this noise happening. And all of a sudden, these bones start to move and they start to rattle. And they're starting to get excited and move and move. And they're starting to move together into a form. And the bones came together, he said, bone to bone. And I looked, and not only did the bones come together, but he says, tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them. And there, but there was no breath in them. You see, we had the form of a man or men, but no life. Verse 9, Then he said to me, God said to Ezekiel, Prophesy, speak to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, This is what the sovereign Lord says, Come breath from the four winds, and breathe into these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them, and they came to life, and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Wow! What a picture! Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that happening? Breath came into them, and they came to life. What that points out to us, I think, and I think we all know this, I hope, I uh, hope it's pretty self-evident that breath is crucial to our existence. Uh, when breath is present, it comes with hope. If we have no breath, we have no hope. It comes with opportunity. If we have no breath, we have no opportunity. It comes with potential. If we have no breath, we have no potential. When that breath is the very breath of God, something even greater happens. And that's what we're going to talk about today. But I have another question for you. Have you ever had bad breath? If you're not raising your hand, you're a liar. Yeah, we all have. The answer, obviously, is yes. All of us at certain times have had bad breath, probably this morning when you got out of bed. 
probably a good time. However, if we brush our teeth and we floss and maybe use mouthwash, we can have good breath. Sometimes, you know, though, you're, you're not really sure, is my breath okay? Is it not okay? Do I have good breath? Do I have bad breath? And so you do the test, don't you? You know the test. You, yep, exactly. You, you cup your hand over your mouth and you... <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. And then you smell the breath and it either smells good or bad. Maybe it's something on my hand. I think, though, the overall goal for mankind <laughs> is the overall goal for mankind is to have nice breath, to have refreshing breath, because nobody wants bad breath, right? I, I, I hope not. If you want bad breath, um, talk to me on the phone, not in person, <laughs> please. Thank you. No, breath is really fascinating. Uh, as I was studying for this message, I uh, studying what breath is. Um, it's really fascinating. You know, we breathe reflexively. We don't think about it. We just, we just breathe. Okay? What's so weird is, though, is that if we do start thinking about it, then it becomes kind of a laborious task. I'm like, wait a minute. Am I, how deep should I breathe? Did I let out enough? Am I going to be able to take the next breath? I, I hope I can still breathe. You know, we start overthinking it, and all of a sudden it becomes... Uh, a, a task that we're trying to do and we're not very good at it. But, you know, we breathe a lot, right? I hope. So, just for a second, go along with me here, all right? Everybody, I want you all to inhale. I didn't say exhale. I heard somebody. Now exhale. <sighs> yeah. Let's do it again. Everybody inhale. Exhale. Oh, just feel your shoulders kind of relax. Yeah, kind of feels good. Hey, you know what? You're still breathing right now and nobody's telling you to do it. You're just doing it. Isn't that cool? You're just breathing. It's just happening. You don't even have to think about it. It's just happening. You draw breath in, you let breath out. You take in oxygen that your body uses to function correctly, and you exhale carbon monoxide, dioxide, carbon dioxide. I get that wrong every time. You exhale carbon dioxide, which plants and trees use in order to function properly. And then they, in turn, exhale oxygen, which you use. And then see how that cycle works? Kind of a cool thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's an absolutely amazing thing that God, the Creator, has put in place to sustain life for all living things. Ah, our God is good, isn't He? Amazing. Absolutely. You know, to breathe means we're alive. Yeah, we're functioning. Now, I don't want to sound morbid here, but um, we only have a certain number of breaths during this lifetime. I did a little bit of uh, uh, math, which made my brain hurt. But um, Jesus, for example, lived 33 years on this earth. As a normal, average human being, that means he took somewhere around 280 million breaths in his lifetime. 280 million. Now, if you live long and 
um, you know, 80 years old or whatever, you'll take somewhere close to uh, 1 billion breaths. Between 800 and 900 million, somewhere in that area. That's a lot of breath. That's a lot of breathing, right? And here's one more fact I found that I thought was kind of interesting. The amount of air that we breathe over a lifetime weighs about 300 tons. I've got an excuse. I'm not fat. I just breathe a lot. I'm using it too. So we need oxygen to survive. We breathe in oxygen. We breathe out carbon dioxide. We breathe in. We breathe out. We inhale. We exhale. So let me take a breath as we transition here a little bit. All right, show of hands. How many of you are at all familiar with the DC Comics character known as Bizarro? Why does that not surprise me, Matt? <laughs> you know, I, I have to admit, I, have, I had never heard of Bizarro. Um, so I, um, uh, being the, uh, the person that I am, I went out to do some research. I want to make sure I use valid uh, sources that are trusted. So I went to Wikipedia and um, did a little research. And so Bizarro is basically a clone of Superman. Who knew? Yeah, he looks like Superman. He uh, has many of the same abilities as Superman. Basically, he presents himself enough like Superman as to kind of be confused for the real thing. However, as Drake likes to say, he is not Superman, as you can see by the logo on the screen. Kind of looks like Superman's logo, but it's not. Bizarro is what we would call a bad clone of, of Superman, a bad clone. Now, why do I bring that up? Well, as I thought about it, it occurred to me that that can certainly describe many people who call themselves Christians. Those who profess to be followers of Christ, who look like Christians, they have that look, whatever that look is. Uh, they, they talk the talk. They know the right words to use. Um, but really, when you get right down to it, they're bad clones of Jesus. They look enough like Jesus to be confused for a Christian, but not quite there. They are dry bones with no real life in them. And that can be true for you and me. When there are areas of your life and my life that are dry and are in need of new life, the breath of God. I promise you, I'm going to tie this all together. Seems like I'm going all these different directions, but it's all going to come together. So, are there areas, I want you to ask yourself this question. Are there areas of my life where I feel dry and depleted Empty, maybe even dead. And if the answer is yes, then let me share some good news with you. Who's ready for some good news today? Amen. When Jesus was resurrected and he rose from the tomb, you believe that, right? You better, you better. When he rose from the tomb, he conquered death. So no matter what areas of your life 
feel dead. Jesus has already conquered that. He's already conquered it. You see, not only physical death has he conquered, he's conquered those things that would seek to kill and destroy us spiritually and mentally and emotionally as well. But it takes the breath of God to make it happen. So, how do we bring vibrancy and vitality back into our spiritual lives? Well, let's begin by making sure we understand what the breath of God is and the power that it brings to those dead areas of life. Now, I have to kind of let you know this ahead of time. I'm a person who thinks in outline form, okay? Uh, so, you know, you have a, a topic or a, a point, then you have a sub point and some sub points be below that. And so when I present things, that's how I present it because that's how I think. All right. So I'm going to present that uh, four things in outline form for you here. All right. So number one is the breath of God gave life to man. The breath of God gave life to man. Let's go to Genesis chapter two, verse seven. Genesis 2.7 says, Then the Lord, the Lord God, formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Now, just as God breathed physical life into the nostrils of Adam, the first man, he will breathe new life into your spirit and make all things new again. He will breathe into those dry bones areas of your life and bring them back to health if you desire him to do so. But let's get the picture here in the Garden of Eden. God formed Adam, the first man, from the dust of the ground. And at that point, in every way, physically speaking, Adam was a man. He looked like a man. He was perfect and complete, except for one thing. There was no life in his body. It was a perfectly formed human body, but there was no life in it. It's like, um, Jesse, you'll understand this. Uh, it was like building a brand new, beautiful home, but then never using it. You see, it's there. It's beautiful. It looks like a home. It has all the function of a home, but there's no life in it. No one's living there. It's not serving the purpose it was created for. Then God breathed life into Adam, and he came alive. Not only physically did he come alive, but he came alive spiritually as well. And that's a reminder for us. You know, we can be alive physically, but dead spiritually. We can be alive physically, but dead spiritually. Until we allow God to breathe life into our spirits, we're dead. We must be born again to come alive spiritually. So there's number one. God gave, the breath of God gave life to man. Number two, the breath of God gave power to the church. The breath of God gave power to the church. What do I mean by that? Uh, how many of you have heard me refer to Elevating Life Church as an Acts chapter 2 church? An Acts 2 church. 
Yeah, several of you have. I say it all the time. People say, what kind of church is Elevating Life Church? I tend to say we're an Acts 2 church. Most people have no clue what that means. What it means is we try to do what the first church did. We try to model ourselves after the original church in Acts chapter 2. Let's go to chapter 2 and look at verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost came, they, that's the followers of Jesus who had been with him and saw him speak and all that, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind, boy, we know what that sounds like, don't we? I think this was different. Came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. I want you to catch that part. It says, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the breath of God. The Holy Spirit. See, this group of individuals had gathered together, but they weren't yet a church. They were a group of individuals. A group of people trying to determine what to do next. And it was at the moment, though, when God breathed His Spirit into them that the church became a living, breathing organism, not an organization. Do you catch that? Please catch that. The church is not an organization. It's an organism. It's a living, breathing organism. It's called the body of Christ. Is your body an organization or is it an organism? It's an organism. Yes, it's organized, but it's an organism. So let me point out a parallel here. Adam wasn't a man until God breathed his spirit into the man, right? He was just a body. A group of individuals isn't a church until God's spirit is allowed to bring life to it. And that, there is a question for each of us today. Are you truly part of the church, the living, breathing body of Christ? Or are you a bad clone just looking like it? Oh, I show up on Sunday. Yeah, but what do you do the other days of the week? How do you live your life? Are you like Bizarro, looking like the real thing, but not committing to being the real thing? That's number two. God gave power to the church. Number three, the breath of God gave existence to the Bible. The breath of God gave existence to the Bible. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Very familiar. It says, all Scripture, all Scripture, that means all Scripture. The word all means all, and that's all all means. All Scripture is God-breathed, both Old Testament and New, by the way. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. What do I have here? A Bible. Okay. What is a Bible? Well, it's a book. It has pages in it. On those pages, there's ink uh, that is formed into words. So it's a book, right? 
Does this book have any power? No, it's just a book. Just a book. That's all it is. There's nothing magical about this book. It's just a book. It's an inanimate object with no power of any kind on its own. However, there's always a however. However, as the passage we just read says, God breathed life into those words so that they can have true power in your life and in my life. I can't tell you the number of people who come to me uh, over the years who've said something to the effect of, I mean, John, this, I don't know, the Bible just doesn't make sense to me. I absolutely understand that. Remember, it's just a bunch of pages, paper with ink on it. Forming words. Without the Spirit of God, it's dead. It's dead. There's no life in it. Let me give you another however. However, with God's Spirit, it becomes a living, breathing, vital part of life that is God opening Himself up to us to be understood and loved. It needs the breath of God to come alive. Amen? That's number three. God gave existence to the Bible. Let me give you one more. The breath of God gives new perspective. The breath of God gives new perspective. We're going to go back to the book of Ezekiel where we started. Chapter 37. We read this verse earlier as part of the passage, but we're going to look at this one verse. Verse 5. This is what the Sovereign Lord, that's capital letters, L-O-R-D, that's God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Yahweh. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. These bones are the dry areas in your life. These bones are the things that you think are dead or dying. These bones are those things where uh, life is just kicking your butt. That's what he's referring to here. He says to these bones, I will make breath enter you. And you will come to life. Does that excite you? Oh my gosh, it should. God is promising that He will bring you to life. So that brings us right back to where we started today in the book of Ezekiel. God says, I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. But you need to understand that God does not force Himself on you. Please understand that. God does not force Himself on you. You must make the decision to let Him breathe His Spirit into you. And I pray that you make that decision today if you haven't yet. I really hope you're beginning to see that no matter what the dry areas uh, or area or whatever of your life is, God is wanting to breathe true life into those places and resurrect them from the dead. But it's up to each one of us to ask, seek, and knock. Ask God to help you identify those areas. God, what is it in me that I need to realize is dead or dying? 
Seek His life-giving breath in those areas. And continue knocking on the door of God's goodness to strengthen and mature those areas. Now, if you're realizing that you need God to breathe life into you today, here in a moment, I'm going to ask you to pray with me. And I promise you something. If you ask, God is faithful to answer every single time. I'm also going to ask you to make sure that if you do make a decision today to let God <clears throat> breathe His Spirit into your life, that you come and find me after we're done with the service today. I'll be milling around somewhere. Um, come and find me and, and let's talk. Okay? Just come and grab me. Say, John, there. So here's what I'd like to do right now. I'm going to ask everybody here, everybody, please, uh, and, and don't, uh, don't cheat on this. Okay? I'm going to ask everybody to bow your heads and to close your eyes. If the person sitting next to you uh, begins to snore, it's okay to elbow them. Wake up. But I'm going to ask everybody to, uh, in respect, out of respect for everybody else, to bow your head and close your eyes. And I'm going to pray here in a moment. And if you are seeking God's life-giving spirit today, if you want His spirit breathed into your life, then I'm going to ask you to pray this with me in your heart. God, today I heard your words. And I understand that there are areas of my life where I'm dry. There are areas of my life that are dying. And God, I want you to come in and to breathe life into me, to bring your spirit into me. I want to walk in your way. And I don't want to be a bad clone just thinking I'm a Christian or just trying to look the part. I want to be the real thing, a real follower of Jesus. I want to live in your goodness. And I want to be that every single day. So God, I ask you to please breathe your spirit into my life. Right here and right now. And I thank you that Jesus paid the price for that on the cross and that he conquered death by rising from the tomb. And I believe in that. I believe in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for giving me life once again. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.